Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we're now joined by two representatives of the American Legion. Mr. Freddie Gessner, Deputy Director of National Security Issues and Air Force Veteran, along with American Legion spokesperson Joe Plensler, Marine Corps Veteran himself. Freddie, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks, thanks thank for having me. So we're going to speak specifically today about a variety of topics. It's kind of uh, counterproductive, you might think, to be, speak specifically about a wide range of things. But one specific item that all of these subjects grow out of, that being the National Defense Authorization Act. Before we get to that, Freddie, I want to quickly go over your background. As we were talking off air, you are a veteran of the world's finest Air Force. So tell us just a little bit about when you joined, what you did, where you served, and when you got out. Okay, sure. Uh, I joined in uh, 2000. Uh, uh, I was uh, I did aircrew flight equipment. Uh, I've been serving for 17 years now. Uh, did the first eight on active duty, and I've been the remainder eight or nine. I'm sorry, have been at the uh, Andrews Air Force Base here doing it in the National Guard. Okay, so still continuing to serve, not yeah. on active duty, yeah. but still getting your job done on the what is it one one weekend a month, two weeks a year, or something like that. That's that's the that's the minimum yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty much the lay down that you have to yeah. do on that after getting out from active duty what was that transition like for you it's a little bit different for people who continue serving whether in the guard or reserves but what was the transition like from active duty airmen to civilian uh well it, it wasn't easy obviously i mean I, I i was smart enough i guess to to work those there's the eight years i was in to work to get in college then at night but what happened to me when i got out was i didn't at the in the middle of 2008 was when we had the uh, the Great Recession. Oh yeah. So the job market was especially tight for uh, people getting out that year. Yeah, which could be it's a difficult time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine. I got out a couple of years after that, 2011, and things were already starting to look a little bit better at that point, at least, uh, and things uh, worked out well. But looking back at that transition period, what's one piece of advice that you would give, or one thing you wished you had known when you got out from the active duty Air Force? Um, the importance of networking. Mm. I mean, I, I can't, I can't, you know, anybody who's in take advantage of those benefits that are available to you with college, get them done. Don't wait till you're out. You know, there's, you, you get tuition assistance paid for. And when you get out, you got that GI bill available to you. Use that. It gives you a little buffer between the transition. So right. take advantage of it. And when you talk about networking, the VSOs, that's an important network for veterans and many veterans don't take advantage of all the services that are offered, the connections that are offered through organizations like the American Legion, who you're here representing. Now, Freddie, how did you come to become involved with the American Legion? Oh, well, I, I saw some of the services they were providing on bases when I was there. And uh, I, as the more I got involved with it and was talking to people, and uh, they you know, told me about an opportunity was here in D.C. And so I came here and it, it worked out. But yeah, they, they do amazing things on bases, and that's, that's what drew me to them. 
Right. And amazing stuff for the veteran community at yeah. large, not just the American Legion membership. And we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of items that are going to affect a lot of people that are either uh, currently still serving, those who are uh, you know out in veterans but didn't retire, those retirees. Of course, I'm speaking of the National Defense Authorization Act. So big picture, looking at the NDAA, what do you and the American Legion think about this act and, and the direction that it adds for our military and veterans? Well, the, the, the big picture, when you look at the top line, is there's some good news and bad. The, the good is that we're seeing an increase over the uh, defense spending caps. Uh, the total, the top line budget is going to be about $700 billion, mm. which is, uh, you know, we're hoping to see a reverse. A lot of bees. A lot yeah. of bees. <laughs> and, it, you know, this shows a reverse to uh, sequestration, which was the 2011 Budget Control Act. Um, we're looking at about $626 billion for base spending, another $65 billion for uh, OCO funds, Overseas Contingency Operations. But the bad news here, the problem is that sequestration still exists, yeah. which is going to cap us, to cap the budget at $549 billion. Mm. So while this authorization is, you know, is a good sign, we don't actually know how much is going to be appropriated to it. Right, exactly how much of the money is going to make it where it's supposed to be going, uh, you know, according to the act. And now let's go, uh, we've talked about big picture, the, the positives and the negatives of this authorization act uh, in, in funding our military, essentially, uh, and various veteran programs as well. Um, when we look at the NDAA, what are some of the big ticket items that you see within the authorization act that you think people should be aware of? Well, the main thing I was wanting to address here is, you know, things that affect personnel. Mm. You know, we, we can see the numbers for the aircraft and the ships being uh, you know, purchased, but there, there's a lot of little things that, you know, the troops and the veterans should know about, uh, such as, uh, you know, we're talking about troop strength, uh, pay raises, changes to the commissary, survivor benefits. Uh, they're going to see some changes to uh, military, tri uh, I'm sorry, child care. And uh, there's going to be some changes to their sexual assault and harassment policies as well. Mm. Yeah, and when it comes to uh, the current climate going on around the world with sexual assault and harassment, I think most organizations could use an, an update to the old, yeah, <laughs> to the old I, I guidelines. Think, I think this year we've seen throughout all kinds of leader positions really bringing a focus on it. Yeah. So looking back at the first aspect of that that you mentioned, when it comes to manpower, you know, just a couple of years ago, we were seeing wholesale cuts in almost every branch of service. Uh, I was a victim of one of those cuts when I was serving in the Navy. About 60,000 people uh, in the 2010 to 2012 time range were cut out. Um, some people saying that that might have led to some of the issues they have now where you have, you know, some of your uh, your middle leadership there who would have advanced into senior leadership by now were released for through no fault of their own for the most part now it looks like the branches are uh, a little bit short-handed i've talked to helicopter pilots saying hey we might see some stop loss here because they don't have enough people to fly the medevac flights they need to fly and everything else what will this authorization act allow for when it comes to troop manning numbers well, like you said, there's, we're, I can see from my own personal experience when I, I know our maintainers in the Air Force, uh, they, they're putting in long hours and hard work just because of the you know, shortage of personnel. Yeah. Uh, and you see in the front line of papers, they're having a hard time keep, keeping these pilots, which they spend a lot of money and time training. So they, they, need, they need more people. And the ops tempo is not slowing down. You look at the, uh, the NDA, it outlines the threats. We got uh, China, North Korea, Iran, terrorism. And it, this has got to spread across the globe. And if you're going to keep that tempo and, and increase the threats, but you're going to decrease personnel, it's just not going to work. You're going to start having more and more problems and mishaps and the stress on the troops. Yeah. 
So what this authorization has is we're, we're happy to see is a, a total increase of about 16,600 troops to the active duty. There's about another 3,700 coming to spread out across the Guard and Reserve. Hmm. Uh, the biggest increase will be with the Army. They're looking at about 7,500 more soldiers, pushing their end strength to 484,500. Uh, the second biggest bump up is for the Air Force, about 4,100 airmen. Uh, that's their second year in a row of getting up to 4,000 authorized. Uh, the Navy's looking at 4,000 more sailors, bringing them up to 329,000. Marines are getting an extra 1,000, filling its ranks to about 184,500. So some significant changes, really. I mean, those numbers might not sound that big, but coming off of an era where you had you know, double digits in the thousand drops almost every year right. where they were cutting troop levels uh, for an extended period of time. It, it's it's big to see that number turning around. That is something that the current administration talked about during the election season. They wanted more people serving. Looks like at least to some extent, uh, although maybe not as big as some people had thought or hoped, some of that will be coming true. And you know, it's interesting you mentioned as an Air Force veteran, and of course, when we see the news stories on the Air Force doesn't have enough fighter pilots, that's the big sexy thing. What we need to realize is that they're also shorthanded on the people who keep their fighter jets up in the skies. A much less sexy job. Your yeah. flight mechanics and engineers, you know, the Navy ships. You can think about the great littoral combat ships and the carriers and all the great things we have on the seas. People aren't thinking about the engineers that they might be having difficulty holding on to, particularly in an improved job market where some of the skills that they have can make them a lot more money on the outside than they can on the inside, right? Exactly. You know, you know competitive with that, you're telling these guys they got to, you know, deploy and all the work, work these uh, extra long hours. And, you know, with the military, there's there's no set eight hours. So if the work needs to get done, they'll stay and make it up. So they, they, they need the personnel. Hmm. We're speaking with Freddie Gessner. He's the Deputy Director of National Security Issues at the American Legion, the venerable VSO. He's based out of their national headquarters here in Washington, D.C. Also in studio, our friend Joe Plensler. Now, Joe, when you hear about manning numbers starting to maybe see a little bit of an uptick, um, do you see that as it, and does the Legion see that as a good thing? Do they see it as a necessity when it comes to manning? Do we need more people? Yeah, I think we do. I mean, the American Legion's always been for a strong national defense, and part of that is... If you're going to have increased stop tempo, just like you know, we've been discussing, you need to have more people and more, more things to do that. I mean, we've been we've been riding the military pretty hard since 9/11. Oh yeah, and uh, we're starting to see some cracks. You know, I think the first thought in my mind when we talk about troop number increases is that the recruiters better start eating their Wheaties. But you know, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, as opposed to times where we're going down in the other direction, they have it a little bit easier. It's yeah, gonna be, it's going to get harder for rec recruiters too. It is, and you know, I worked in recruiting from 2005 to 2008, and thankfully not as a recruiter, but as a public affairs officer. And that was a time where you know there was a, a big call for numbers. We were pushing for a lot of people to come into the Navy, and it was a difficult time for those recruiters. So yeah, my friends in uh, Navy recruiting command, Marine Corps recruiting command, Army recruiting command. Start getting those, uh, flexing those recruiter muscles because you're going to have to start using them a little bit more than you had to. One of the benefits, I suppose, that they can offer perhaps to those people coming in that you mentioned in there, looks like there's going to be a pay increase that's uh, the biggest one in recent years anyway, over 2%, wow. right? That's great. Yeah, 2.4 is what they're looking at, and that's um, that's higher than the president's proposal uh, of 2.1. Uh Oh, you know, and another thing we have to look at is again. I want to come back to the Budget Control Act. Is we we may not even we're we're hoping that we see these sixteen thousand six hundred troops. We you know, I don't you know I, from my position, I don't know where it's going to shake out. But we may not even see that high of a number, right. which is unfortunate. So we have to keep an eye on it. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. The two point four is something we're very happy about. 
Mm. And, you know, when it comes to being able to pay our service members more, um, I, I think particularly for those first-term service members, those young sailors, Marines, airmen, soldiers, I, ha, being able to offer them a little bit more than uh, what amounts to not a lot. I mean, right. Yeah. Right. A lot of their life uh, needs are taken care of. You're given housing, you're given your meals, you're given that stuff. But I, I remember my first paychecks and being like, really? This is a paycheck? Like, <laughs> for what, what you're what's doing? What's going on right. with this? I'm working so hard and not getting a lot of uh, a lot of payback for it. It's big to see that. And I remember the days where we'd see a over 2% increase almost every year. I mean, that was great when that was happening. When it comes to a troop pay increase, do we believe that this is to keep track with the public sector? Is it a little bit more than the public sector? I mean, how does it look as far as how it'll make uh, those salaries for our military members competitive? Well, Craig, it, it's, it's, it is, they base it off the cost of a living uh, annual index and, 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 2.4 is in line, and it, so I mean, what we want to see is at least that, really, right? Because right? you know, our junior enlisted, your you, your young officers, they're the ones out turning the wrenches, doing the work, the backbone of the military, and so they they're the ones who are going to feel this increase the most, right? And also at that point in your life, the majority who come in 18, 19 years old, or as a young officer at 22, 23 mm -hmm. years old, oftentimes don't have uh, any sort of a finance background. They don't really know how to save. They might not have any savings at that point. So a little bit money to uh, start out in preparing for that, hopefully, if they're smart. Uh, yeah, I personally see that as a good thing. We're speaking with Freddie Gessner, Deputy Director of National Security Issues at the American Legion, and Joe Plensler. Now, Freddie, when you also mention in there commissary changes, yeah. what sort of commissary changes? They're not going to be selling food anymore, or what's going to be going on well, with the commissary? I guess this this might even be a free plug for a uh, DECA, you know, Defense Commissary Systems. But what what we want to point out is that there's going to there. They've been mandated by Congress. They've been looked at for a few years now through studies and pilot programs. They're trying to cut costs in the commissaries. Right. But luckily for the family members, this is all supposed to be done at, at no cost to the benefit of the patrons. Mm. But what, what we're going to see is they've, they've, they have to come up with a way to save $2 billion between 2018 and 2022. Mm. A lot of money. And one way they're doing it that we know about for sure is they're going to introduce store brand. So that's something the patrons have been asking for. And, and then the way they're doing it is through two different uh, uh, the, the supplier, two different labels. One's going to be Freedom Choice, okay. which you'll see on the shelves now. They got about 400 products. Uh, this is going to be for you know things like water, cheese, foods. Right. The other one's home base. This is going to be your toilet paper, uh, paper towels, trash bags, that sort of thing. Oh. But the idea is that you know this this way, and, and these products are supposed to be a, a good quality, good premium quality. Don't be turned off by store brand. But they're trying yeah. to get patrons to make the trip to come onto the bases so they can keep generating revenue. Save themselves money, save the shoppers money. Right, you do save a lot of money at the commissary. I mean, exactly. yeah. I'm a military retiree, and I shop there every Sunday. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could. How much cheaper it is. We now yeah. have the online shopping benefit for all veterans at the exchange yes, systems, right. which yeah. you know there, there can be benefits again. Tax free. I did a story on it. Shop around. It's another option to use. Compare it against Amazon. When it comes to that tax free, on top of free shipping, it can work out. Sometimes it's not going to be the best best price. Although they will price match, as we heard mm -hmm. from the president of uh, the AFI system when we talked to her the other day. 
Um, you know, when we look at the commissaries and store brand, I always think back to Patriot's Choice, which was sodas that I would see, where it was like kind of like <laughs> I a rip you off. That bottom shelf liquor that was. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I remember those store. too. Trust me. Again, when I wasn't getting paid much as a young sailor, yeah, yeah. those bottom shelf. That's where I was living. I was living at that level. Patriot's <laughs> Choice, like sodas, which was like a, a yeah, kind right. of a store brand soda, kind of only sold at the uh, the exchange in the commissary, and it would be like instead of Dr Pepper, Dr Blast, Do and all these count? other. Is that, no, is no, that those are those are a little bit different. But these Patriots Choice ones were so inexpensive. They had a soda machine. I remember in Sigonella for it. It was a quarter for a can of soda. I was like, oh, how how quaint. It's like I'm living back in the 1960s. I'm paying awesome. a paying a quarter for a can Cheese of cheeseburger for a nickel. Yeah, it was uh, it was great. But seeing them do that, it kind of makes you wonder why didn't they do that before? Um, is that going to be able to allow them to save the money that they need to over the next few years? Or let me ask this question to you mm -hmm. as someone who looks into these kind of things. We've seen the online benefit for the exchange open up for all veterans. Do you ever see a way or is it even feasible because it kind of requires base access unless they're doing online delivery? Do you see a way for them trying to open up the commissary to more shoppers? Because that would seem to be the easiest way to raise more money for the commissary is have a larger clientele. More volume, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't, I haven't seen anything coming where they're going to allow necessarily more access on mm. base to veterans but i mean there's a there is a step in process where the va is now going to issue uh, veteran id cards right so maybe, could that, maybe that be a base could, access but, card but mm. you know you're running into security issues i don't yeah. know that's uh, i'm not i don't know where they're going to get with that that's probably the biggest concern and if, if it's not a military there's always that fight ID. with like the local businesses too because like you know these yeah you know big box stores and the rest of it start complaining when, when oh yeah the, the bases start stripping their customers away but yeah, I'm really mildly mildly interested in their views. I mean, it's all about <laughs> yeah. taking care of veterans and yeah, and uh, making their lives well, better and their families' lives better. The, so the online option opens it up, and and, and this this defense commissary uh, changes where they're offering the store brand. This is in competition with the with the national food suppliers. They right. you know they they offer the store brands which are competitive in some areas. You can't beat the commissary's prices on you know produce and meat. Right. So what you're gonna you might see from these. The competition, such as your your large suppliers of Walmart types, they may lower the price on their store brand as well, just to stay competitive because they want people to come yeah, there. They don't right. want people to make the extra drive to base, but, and that's where commissaries yeah. have to compete. I mean, even stuff like potato chips and yeah. you know, I mean, there's everything's cheaper at the commissary. I, I, th yeah. I think. I mean, that's been my experience. Well, I, I can tell it, you this. I mean, in the DC area. Yeah, I I live near a large army base, yeah. and if that commissary was open to me, I guarantee I'd be oh, yeah. there. Yeah. That's why. I mean, it, it's why it, I always looked at the commissary and living stateside and having like a membership to a Costco. It was similar to that as far as the prices and the benefits, but on a smaller scale. You didn't need to buy in bulk to get right. the kind of savings you would like get a at a membership pack club. of toilet paper or something. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it, if they're making yeah. the argument now, and I get, I understand the exchange systems and the and DECA, the commissary system, they're they're totally separate. They're not really tied together, but uh, besides often sharing the same buildings and being one side or the other. Um, it does, I think it makes sense to try and find a way to give more access to commissary programs to veterans who may not be retirees because right now i can technically shop at the exchange by going online and in a day and age where 
whether it's uh, like, I know they called it Peapod, I think. It's Stop and Shop up in Connecticut where I'm from. Food delivery services. Right, like yeah. if the commissary has a delivery service, that could be a way to increase the amount of, uh, of, of capital that you're bringing in. Hey, you heard it here first and I will uh, accept like, is there any kind of finder's fee that they do for things like that? I just came up with Maybe a great idea. Maybe they'll some kickbacks on this uh, Freedom Choice Yeah, cheese, or you know? you know what? Yeah, just give me some uh, Freedom <laughs> and a six pack of Patriot's Choice Dr. Blast <laughs> soda. Good, That's all I need. Well, we're talking with Fred Eddie Gessner, he's the Deputy Director of National Security Issues for the American Legion, and he's in here along with our friend, also from the Legion, Joe Plensler. Plensler, not Plensler, just made you a new it's name okay. there. I'm coming up with all sorts of stuff it's today. hard to say. Try spelling that in kindergarten, man. Plen- yeah, <laughs> man, I can't even imagine. My son rough. just started writing his own name with a, a little bit of help. I'm very proud of him on that, but uh, he still has to try to explain how to pronounce his last name for the rest of his life, and I do not envy him because I know how that goes. NDAA is what we've been talking about, the National Defense Authorization Act, looking at how it will affect the military, how it will affect retirees, how it will affect really all of us who have uh, an interest in the military or who once served in the military. Is there anything in this act, Freddie, that you think some people might not know about that they should, something that's kind of gone a little bit under the radar when it comes to the NDAA? Well, there, there's one that the, the veteran side may not know about, but it's, people should know. It's um, there's there's some big changes coming to uh, two two big ones on January 1st. There are going to be changes to uh, the Tricare uh, benefit uh, yes. for um, retirees and and veterans, and there's also going to be changes to the military retirement system for new troops coming in. Uh, I, I believe from the people serving now are getting a good briefing on the changes, but the, the general ideas from the mil- the retirement system is going to go away from the the, the the way you know as as we all served right. Your grandfathered into a system where you serve 20 years, you get a pension. 20, right. 20 or more years. Um, if you got out prior to that, there's there's no retirement benefit available. Right. So the changes they're going to make now is it's going to go more to similar to a blended. It's going to be a blended retirement system. So if you serve four years, leave service, you can walk away with uh, at least that to take with you, uh, like similar to a 401k that we have in the civilian side. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. It, so it's 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 an it's and and. The 20-year retirement will still be in place. Right. Pension. Yeah. And there's different, I mean, I remember hearing them talk, God, I'm trying to think, over 10 years ago probably yeah. about a program similar to this where, like, if you got past 10 years, then you would receive some sort of a delayed pension, essentially, where you would be like, you'd, you'd serve for 10 plus years. You had to hit that 10-year mark they were talking about at the time. And then when you hit retirement age, you'd start receiving a pension on top of whatever you got from whatever career field you went into after that. This sounds a little bit different than that, though. Is it more like paying into a 401k or is it kind of like a delayed pension for some people who don't hit the full 20? There, there, there will be, yeah. Um, when, you, when a new troop enters the military after January 1st, they will automatically be enrolled at one percent of their pay, hmm. and I, and I, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it will increase each year by one percent. But you know, you're you're able to uh, increase it if you'd like, which you should. At that age, you're gonna you know you'll see the huge growth. But yeah, they 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 want people to have something to walk away with from the military. So uh, yeah. you know, and that's different than TSP. Uh, it it will it will be different. This is going to be a blended system. Yeah. Uh, I believe with, with TSP, I don't I, you, the military doesn't. Uh, I don't think they match your contribution. No, they don't. No, right. right. Yeah. So in this one, they will, yeah, and there are good. changes coming. But it's wow. only only for those joining after January first. There's no retroactive. Although I do believe that there are some people who are coming up on retirement who are going to have some sort of option at least at <clears> looking. Anyone at a who's in way. right now who's you know, currently serving will have the option between the two plans. Right. 
And the, and there's a calculator you can go on uh, DoD has they put out and there's plenty of training for the troops they where it helps you figure out do you know do the math to figure out which plan is better for you. Wow, those closer to one. retirement are most likely going to be going to stay the with the same plan. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your plan, I mean, it's pretty good if you stay till twenty. But yeah. For some reason, you got it before then, you're absolutely screwed. And yep. I think the interesting thing yeah. too is that that this is going to have an interesting impact on leadership because. You know, leaders are going to have, have to up their retention game. I mean, if I can walk at any time with some with some cash, yeah, in with pocket, something to go. You know, because before, if you stayed past ten or you know twelve years, the monitors or the detailers or whatever, I mean, they they knew pretty much they could assign you pretty much anywhere, they want. and they've got you because <laughs> yeah. you know they've got you for that next eight years because yeah. you're, you're stupid yeah. to walk away before twenty. But you know, if you if you can walk with cash at any time, it's really going to be you know I, th- <laughs> I think a commander is going to have to really up their game on uh, on retention efforts. Yeah, it, it, it does. It also gives them the, the ability to. Uh, they they still can add incentives for critic if they if certain career fields are critically manned they can right. still offer incentives to to your retirement plan and other other bonuses to help yeah. you out to keep people in. It'll be interesting to see, and you know, for those of us who are already out, it's one of those things that uh, you know you keep an eye on. It's still a, a facet of interest, even if it doesn't necessarily apply to you. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting to see, and it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens with the NDAA. How much of what is in there actually takes place? What's going on with it? And luckily, there are people who keep an eye on that. For <laughs> all the military and veterans out there, people like Freddie Gessner, who we've been speaking to, he's a deputy director of national security issues at the American Legion. And if people are interested in finding out more about the American Legion, Mr. Joe Plensler, where do they go? You can go to www.legion.org forward slash join. was the best place we expect him to go. They want you to join in there. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I'm not a Legion member yet, but I was looking and there's a post near my house that has a Legion riders uh, contingent there and as a motorcycle rider. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm thinking about going over You know, there there's one soon. over at post 20 at the next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 